because there's honestly a lot, so much wisdom and insight that some of these, uh, these mentors are giving me that I'm just not able to write it all down. So I, I make sure that I record everything and then go back through it again afterwards. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more. And by that, I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Judds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Ben Smith of Captain's Coach. Ben was recommended to us by Stephen Mays, who was on podcast number 97 a couple of weeks ago and a great guest he was. Joe says she's enjoying the interviews even more now. We've changed the format a little. Hope you agree. Do let us know either way. You can email joe at powertolivemore.com. Ben Smith is the founder and CEO of Leadership and High Performance Coaching Business for top athletes called Captain Coach. He's also a psychological warfare officer in the Army Reserves and served as a detachment commander. He also successfully created and ran a real estate flipping business during his time on active duty. He is a sports fanatic. He was named MVP of a, of a rugby national championship and was part of the 2016 All-Army National Rugby Team as well. He graduated and received his MBA in 2017. He is currently focused on creating a technology platform to improve the experience for team captains and leaders of sports teams as part of the captain's coach. He spends a lot of time working one-on-one with top high school and college athletes to get them to better understand and implement leadership on their teams. He also works as a consultant for athletic programs, businesses and middle managers. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Ben Smith of Captain's Coach. Ben's another of our guests from over the pond and uh, really pleased to have you with me today, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Joe. I'm excited to, to talk with you about everything. Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do and where you do it. Yeah, certainly. Right now I'm in Virginia down here in Prince George, and I uh, founded a company last year called Captain's Coach, which is essentially leadership development uh, for athletes. So I spent a lot of time working with uh, local universities, private high schools, putting on leadership academies for them and doing one-on-one services, uh, coaching you know, uh, athletes aged, ages 16 to 24, 22 in the high school and college um, kind of age. Yep. Lovely. And uh, so tell us a bit about how you got into doing that, because it's not the only thing you do, is it? It's not. Yeah. So I was active duty, um, been active duty the last four years, but ended up switching over to become a psychological warfare officer in the Army Reserves. And um, but while I was in active duty, I uh, did a lot of coaching and kind of came across some issues that I saw within the sports industry 
and just something that I felt really passionate about, which was really trying to figure out how we can better leverage sports to uh, to create the next generation of leaders. And um, and you know, one of the problems is that for most of the most athletes, you know, over here at least, is that they're put into leadership roles on their teams and they don't really know what to do. You know, most coaches don't take the time to systematically develop them, um, explain and define what leadership even is at all. Um, and so we really are. I, I really felt passionate about that. Um, I felt like there's nothing that athletes are more engaged in, you know, than sports, and that we had a better or better ways to leverage this opportunity that they had. So I started, um, you know, I left active duty um, to to kind of pursue this full time, and um, and so I'm waking up and doing what I love every single day. So it's been uh, it's been a good good last, uh, I guess, 11, 12 months now that I've been doing full time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm guessing you you were an athlete at college yourself, were you? Yeah, I was. So I played in high school. I wrestled, played varsity baseball, football, um, won a national championship, was the MVP of a rugby uh, national championship in college and was selected to play on a national army team. Um, and while I was active duty, I got pulled up to and got paid to play with uh, with them in a couple tournaments. So that was really cool. Um, so mm -hmm. definitely, I've been playing sports my entire life. I uh, I absolutely love them and still play, you know, pick up sports uh, in, in adult leagues uh, to this day. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about why you do what you do, because I think you know, there's a lot of people who who sort of grow up wanting to do whatever, you know, the, the things that yeah. they enjoy. And we all want to do more of the things that we enjoy. But quite often we end up sort of squeezed into a box of doing a job that needs to be done or, or we assume that we can't do the things that we really enjoy. And quite often people end up doing that much later in life when they finally realise that life's too short to <laughs> not yeah, to do those absolutely. things. But it sounds like you sort of probably had the opportunity to do more of what you loved by finding a job that let you do that. But now you've actually come really fully into it. So tell us more about, you know, why you do what you do. Yeah, so I'll give you a quick elevator speech and I'll give you maybe a quick story that might help bring everything full circle. But um, again, kind of how I mentioned in the beginning, I just really feel passionate about sports and I feel passionate about leadership. It's something that I've been kind of studying and researching. I went into the military to uh, kind of experience what that was and then improving that skill set uh, even more. Um, and so, you know, I, I just feel strongly that, you know, sports is a great way for us to build the next generation of leaders. And so our mission is to empower leaders, team captains, current or aspiring ones in teams to, to lead their teams more effectively and then uh, enable coaches to systematically develop them. And, you know, going back to, you know, why I'm passionate about it is when I was a senior in high school, I was on a baseball team and we were ranked, we were basically the number one team in the whole state. And um, I was essentially named the team captain. Um, and, you know, I, no one ever really told me what I was supposed to do. I'd never really, no one ever talked to me about what leadership was, what, how it was defined or you know, what I was supposed to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And, um, and so our team was, you know, we had this a lot of talent, 13 Division One athletes on our team, which is un, you know, unheard of for a public school system. And, um, you know, we went the first half of the season, was undefeated. And then all of a sudden we came to the second half of the season and just started completely failing. We started losing some games and, um, and we were a really tight knit group and we were willing to do kind of whatever it took to win. And we just 
it just wasn't happening for us. And we ended up losing. Um, we got second in the district, second in the regions and lost in the state. So with all of this talent that we had on this team, we just weren't able to kind of pull it through. And I really look back now and I really just wish that I knew then what I know now. And uh, I think that if I had, if I had some, had somebody that was there to kind of help coach me and tell me what it was that I was, or not tell me, but at least, you know, provide some sort of a blueprint or structure as to some things that I could be doing, that that whole experience would have been so much better. Mm. And, and then I'd be a better person, you know, for it. And, and so it's interesting because I do a lot of, uh, a lot of research on my end to, you know, be an expert in this field. And a lot of research is pointing to the fact that, it's the team captain that is the driving force behind the team, not necessarily the coach, the strategies, the tactics, or the resources. And so it's funny because I, I have my own podcast. We bring in all of these great top-tiered coaches and current captains, and they all say the same thing. is the fact that every championship team that they've been a part of, they've had a great team captain. And so just from a performance standpoint, it's really interesting that – it's not necessarily the person at the top, like the coach, who necessarily has the most influence on the team. It's actually the player, and uh, you know whoever is the most influential player on the team has, you know, is a lot of research cor- is pointing to the fact that's correlating to more wins and losses. So you know the performance industries, you know, over here in America at least, it's nine billion dollars a year. A lot of parents and people are paying for all the X's and O's and the skill sets that really are only going to allow them to develop you know, a skill set that they're going to have for a couple of years, but we're not leveraging something like leadership, which is going to be a life skill for the next 70 years of their life, you know, mm-hmm. to help be a better father, mother, um, the next CEO, you know, so I just, I feel strongly about it. You know, I obviously have some personal stories there. And um, so that's essentially, you know, why I do what I do. Um, just very passionate about this and feel like this is the best way for us to make the world a better place. Yeah, it's interesting. I absolutely sort of that all makes sense, and yet, I, you know, it's similar over in the UK. I and mean, I think back, you know, hundreds of years ago when I was at school, I um, when I was very young, so I was only I don't know, probably ten, eleven. I was the captain of the netball team, and I remember the the teacher just saying to me. Joe, if you don't keep, if you don't shout at people when you're on the coach, then I'm going to stop being, you're going to stop being the captain. I'm going to give it to someone else. That's and that was right. probably the strength of my leadership training in terms <laughs> of that situation. Well, yeah, somebody told you something though, but yeah, that's, that's too funny. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting too with the athletes that I, I work with, a lot of them, that's what they think. They think leadership is just being the one that's the loudest, that's like in control of everything, commanding and directing. And that's not what it is. No. But a lot of these young athletes see that in you know movies or whatever it might be. So, yeah. um, you know, one of the things I have to do is just redefine what leadership is because they've never even had it defined for them. So that's funny that um, that that your coach said that to you. <laughs> yeah, but also I guess you know, and I, again thinking about my daughter uh, Ellie, who is the um, person who does the intros on on the show. She yeah. she now plays netball and she captains one of her teams, and that I think is just because they need someone to go and do the toss and decide who's got the center pass and okay again she's only 12 and you know there's time to develop yet and all that sort of thing but I I I imagine you know the coaches must pick people because they've identified something and you know Ellie is quite a personable person with empathy and you know quite enthusiastic and encouraging and confident and all that sort of stuff so you know I would pick her if I was them but obviously I'm her mum as well (laughs) but um but but 
there's not and I've not seen it so far she's still young but there isn't that connection then between well you're in this position and this is what you need to do or this is why you're doing it or this is the importance of it and I you know I I guess it must come in um, you know as they get older to a a certain degree naturally but as you say that whole formalization of of what it means and, and seeing it as a leadership role is is probably probably quite different. I don't think there's people doing what you're doing over here particularly. Yeah, no, this is very niche. Uh, there is a little bit of a, of a market over here. There's been a couple people that have started developing different resources to, you know, to help this, uh, this space. There's been people that have created team captain manuals and that do leadership academies and create like these exercises, which are really good. Um, you know, because, you know, most of the time we don't learn what leadership is just through somebody lecturing us. You know, it's something that yeah. we have to yeah we have to do and you know it's an experiences that actually fully develop us and so it's interesting too that you mentioned that uh your daughter was given you know the simple task of like doing the coin flip or whatnot and that's you know that's a young age that's uh, that's good but you know as we move forward in high school and college like that's that's all it continues to be is just you know four capital selected to to do the the coin toss in the middle and you know the the captaincy role should be so much more than that they should be given opportunities and experiences and the coaches should be creating intentional experiences where they can really um you know do things as captain you know what i mean and and provide a systematic approach to it so things like doing an aar after after practice or allowing some of the team captains to uh, put on a, a full meeting for the team and to figure out and you know, problem solve issues that are happening within the team or, you know, they should be having meetings, all these, there's so many different actions that they should be doing more so than just, you know, flipping the coin, you know, the caps yeah, yeah. more than that. So. And, and also, you know, how much press both good and bad do captains get in the sports, you know, at, at adult level. And again, I'm, I'm not sure if I think about our, you know, UK football uh, captains or, you know, cricket, captains or whatever how much training they they get either in the end uh because as you say the focus is around the managers and the coaches isn't it yeah it is and it's interesting mm. too because this research is pointing to the fact that you know the captain's the most important the, the most pivotal position out of all of it and so mm. the issue is that as a you know as a strategist and a coach you what you're trying to do is limit the amount that luck plays in the outcome and so mm-hmm. when you don't do any kind of leadership development or training, then that's not a part of your culture. Basically what coaches are saying was, well, I hope that we have a great team captain this year, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, what they need to start and what we all should be doing, not just for the, the things that, you know, just for life, but just for on a performance standpoint, you know, we, if you want to have a great team captain, it's something that you have to develop over years and years. And so as they become, you know, as they're ninth and, you know, they're freshmen in your program, that's when it starts so that, you know, they have an idea as to what they should be doing, what leadership is, what it looks like, what their expectations are, what their duties and responsibilities are, you know, once they become juniors or seniors or whenever it is, um, mm-hmm. so that you can really create this competitive advantage over your opponents, which is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So talk us through what a sort of day looks like for you now, because, again, yeah. having come from working within the military and now working on your own for the last few months, things must have changed quite considerably. <laughs> they, um. changed, they changed drastically. Um, yeah. So now instead of waking up at, you know, 4.35 a.m., now it's, uh, you know, I wake up around uh, around seven. I always I always get my seven to eight hours of sleep every night, which is definitely a big change from the military, too. Uh, so, I you know. <laughs> 
seven. And then I'll basically, um, I do a lot of writing, you know, I'm working on books. I just had a book, uh, that I, I wrote for team captains here recently. I just published. And, um, and so, you know, just writing every day, probably the first couple hours, um, and then just moving into working with, you know, whichever teams that I'm working with, um, you know, I'll, I'll meet with a couple of like the team captains, uh, council for, a you know, a university over, video conferencing. And then, you know, I'll, I'll work out and, um, you know, I'm, I'm here at home. So I get to, you know, I've got a 10 month old baby. And so that's great to be able to, to be here and watch him grow. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then just, uh, I normally work from about eight till 8am till about eight or 9pm too. So I get to sleep in a little bit later, but I'm, I'm working for most of the day, but. Yeah. Yeah. So as somebody who's been in a really rigid environment and now being in a could be more flexible environment how's that yeah. transition gone I mean you're you sound you sound way ahead of where I was when I first started my business I started my business being much more um sort of work structured as in you know I just swapped my office life into my business and now I do things differently to suit me and I've you know but it's taken me a while to work that out you sound like you've had quite a quick transition uh, yeah, definitely has been quick. And I, <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, the, mil the the experience that I've had in the military with just the amount of planning and organization and some of those skills that I've learned have definitely suited me well to just kind of easily translate that over into this. It's definitely more flexible, but, um, but, you know, with the, the 10, 11, 12 hours that I work, I'm, I'm definitely still systematically, uh, approaching work, you know, in, in, in a similar way. So I've definitely am rigid, rigid with uh, the habits and the, and the, um, you know, just the battle rhythm that I create on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, utilizing, you know, I kind of have a Google form that I usually set up and the night before I'll always make sure that, you know, every hour block is filled in with exactly, you know, the, the priorities for the day and, um, make sure I'm, I'm accomplishing things that I need to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. I love that phrase, battle rhythm. I think I might yeah, have to use yeah, that one. That's a military term, yeah. So just <laughs> the rhythm throughout the day, what we're doing on a consistent basis, making sure that our habits and rhythms are uh, something that are leading us to uh, to victory. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love the fact that you made it all sound quite flexible at the beginning, and then you just told me you've got yeah, to shake <laughs> hour by hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is flexible, but uh, yeah, again, I still do. I mean, there's definitely habits and a rhythm or else I would never be able to, you know, achieve anything you know, no. for the most yeah. part. So talk about the sort of tools or apps or, or things you use. You just talked about a Google. I love pen and paper and I actually just bought a big whiteboard. <laughs> it's like six by eight feet. So yeah. it's here on the wall. So what I'll normally do is, you know, I'll write down, you know, what I need to do for the day and then transfer that to the whiteboard and kind of analyze and approach that in a different way it just helps me to process things. And then I'll put it all into this Google form. So I love Google suite, the sh you know, Google sheets, Google docs, and um, there's not like the Excel aspect for, um, for Google uh, and slides. Um, mm -hmm. But I also, I also, you know, we utilize uh Adobe Suite, so like on the creative side for some of the videos and stuff that we have to create, Final Cut Pro uh, for the books that I'm writing. Um, I've really liked the tool Scrivener. If you've never heard of that, I think that's a really good application and tool that I use. And then with our podcasts and things, we utilize Zoom a lot too, which we really like. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And uh, we're also a part of a, I'm part of an incubator here in Virginia called Startup Virginia. And so I've actually been meeting with a lot of mentors, which has been really mm-hmm. cool. And mm-hmm. I utilize voice memos a lot, <laughs> trying right. to record conversations. And then because there's honestly a lot, so much wisdom and insight that some of these uh, these mentors are giving me that I'm just not able to write it all down. So I, I make sure that I record everything and then go back through it again afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you say, um, you said at the beginning about um, paper and, and pen and, and the whiteboard. I was at a, a digital event last night speaking and uh, it was interesting. I asked people, you know, what their favorite tool was sort of in the room and, and pretty much 80 or 90% of people in the room said pen and paper. <laughs> and this was a whole bunch of digital specialists. Yeah, which, no, isn't that funny? Um, yeah, it's just the way that I process things. I've really tried, I mean, I've, for about a year, I really tried to do everything on just the Google Docs and I'm still a list guy. So just doing it. But I just, yeah, I just really just keep going back to the pen and paper and yeah. just a way for me to process. So I'm not sure why that is, but uh, my dad's yeah. the same way. So maybe that's the, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. And um, tell us a bit more about Scrivener. I think it has been talked about on the podcast. Once okay, or twice. Good. Yeah, it's really good for me. I, I did a lot of my writing on Google Docs and I was trying to, you know, each chapter was a different Google Doc and it was just hard for me with how, large the book was and how many chapters there was to really you know just visualize everything and, and keep it all organized so I found Scrivener I think it was only like $50 and um, I've really really liked that a lot I can just I can organize everything more effectively and you know I can see the chapters there on the left and it's just it's it's helped me just visualize and organize things a little bit better on the, yeah. the end yeah so good for for writing not yeah. just books, but for even blogging, some people use yeah, it for that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely. Okay, so what about, um, let's talk a bit about learning and improving, because you sound quite structured, and uh, you've sort of packed quite a lot into your career so far, <laughs> and obviously your focus is yeah. learning for other people. So what, what do you do in terms of your own learning? And you've talked about mentoring already, which I think is a, a great one to to highlight how important oh, it is to talk to absolutely. people who yeah the uh, yeah the best thing that I've found to improve myself just over the last year is you know you can't do it all by yourself and so I've really found that out to be the case and and so for me to learn mentoring has been huge I started a real estate business too I found a mentor a buddy named Chris and um, you know I would have never been able to accomplish what I did in that and you know with the real estate stuff had it not been for somebody that was there next to me teaching me along the way. Um, certainly mentoring, you know, we talk about, I haven't mentioned it here, but I'm sure your listeners have heard of the Pareto's principle. And so, um, you know, finding ways to learn more effectively, but mentors, people that have been there before has certainly been the best way that I've found to really learn. Uh, same thing with mastermind groups, um, getting around a lot of other people too, um, probably the next best step. And so what I've also learned here in terms of improving myself, I've really been focused on you know, there's an old adage that says you write to think and you teach to learn. And so I've really started trying to journal a lot more to gain clarity, not just on myself, but also to improve my communication uh, and the way that, uh, you know, just trying to organize and structure my thought process more appropriately to what it needs to be to connect with, you know, these young athletes and, and the other people that I work with. Um, yeah. And so, I, I, you know, I, I love reading too, but and I've got a bunch of books and podcasts here that I listen to and YouTube channels. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, with this self-improvement uh, arena, you know, 
I think we do a lot of consumption. And I think, you know, I, I read a book a week, you know, just a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are do a lot of reading and I still do, too. But I think that we really, you know, from at least on my end, I think it's important that we start to create a little bit more, too, and not just consume consistently. But and so that's actually one of the reasons you know, I ended up starting this company and business so that I could. I just really felt strongly that, you know, the more that I created, the more that I would improve. And this kind of goes back to that whole teach to learn idea. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of um, what I've been doing here recently. Some things that I've been thinking about to improve myself. In the last yeah, year. yeah. I think that's a really good point. We do. I, I suppose it's it's much easier and much, we have to be much, yeah. we don't have to be as vulnerable to yep. learn stuff we can take stuff on we can learn stuff we can as you say read books we can do stuff like that but actually to put it out there and help people with it is a much harder proposition isn't it it is and it's interesting too because um you know i love this space the whole self-improvement you know this the space self-improvement but a lot of the people that i talk to who have read a book you know in the, within the last week i'll be like hey like all right tell me like three or four of the most important things from the book and they'll be like um they might be able to tell me one and it's really interesting because we don't we're, we don't really if you can't communicate then you don't know and so a lot of times we just are consuming this information and we're not taking the extra steps required to really continue to have that in our consciousness <laughs> if that makes sense so uh, yeah, yeah and i think that that's something that plagues the self-improvement space in general that if, if i had to say anything it's to um you know if you're going to consume you know, make sure you're writing those notes down i ended up when i took that year to read a book a week. I, I took notes throughout the whole book and then I actually populated those into a big Google form. That's now like, uh, you know, maybe 800 pages <laughs> so I can like kind of wow. go back and just remember and, and reflect. Cause if we don't reflect it's, and we don't teach it and it's not, it's not, we're going to lose it. Um, yes. Yeah. No, I yeah, agree. I don't there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a tendency to read and immediately like teach or, or certainly regurgitate yeah. um, verbally. Um, I, for example, I, I remember doing a, an engagement workshop a few years ago where they kept pushing me to, to, to say exactly what I was going to talk about and to you know, provide my slides and everything else. And I, in the end, I had to sort of really put my foot down and say, look, you're, you're getting me along because I'm a, a, an employee engagement specialist. And I don't really know what I'm going to say in the moment because it depends on what the people in the room are going to sort of throw at me as part of it. I see clearly there's yeah. some, you know, big stuff in there that, that's consistent. But, you know, actually, I don't really know how it will go. And that's why you're paying me, which, of course, is a bit of an odd sort of um, sales pitch. Um, yeah. But what, what made me laugh afterwards was I literally had read a book and I was trying to think what the book was. Um, and I think it was something it could have been something like The Slight Edge, which is a book I absolutely love. And but it, it, whatever the book was anyway, I'd read it the week before the session. And I, I think half of the sort of four hour session ended up focusing on stories and, and things that had come out of this book because it just fitted. I hadn't planned it and I hadn't, you know, for one minute thought that's what I was going to do. But it came up in a question somebody raised, which led to this whole discussion, which was all punctuated with all this stuff that had come out of this book. And it just uh, made me laugh that, you know, what you've just said, I, you know, I take it in and then I sort of throw it back out again. But what yeah. I've never been very good at is, is structuring that so I don't use pen and paper I don't write notes in the same way so I've just literally recently started to use the highlight option in Kindle 
um, <laughs> a lot better than I used to because I've, ha I've had um, one of the old Kindles for ages because I don't want the blue light, you know, that affects your sleep. So um, I, I haven't been able to highlight stuff, but I have been able to on my iPad or on my phone. So I've had to have this structure of I only read business books on my phone, so I can't read them before I go to sleep. <laughs> Yeah. and fiction on my kindle and all this sort of stuff but now i've got a new um kindle that doesn't still doesn't have the blue light but i can highlight stuff and uh, yesterday in fact i was on a plane and i was going through like color coding the color coding the highlights from a book that i've just finished to make sure that i've got the whole lot in a document and then my next thing was well where do i put it <laughs> so i uh, haven't got there yet. i was thinking evernote but uh, they you can do it on um I don't yeah, know if you ever used Goodreads. You can upload your notes from Kindle to Goodreads, apparently. But I don't oh, want everyone else to see my notes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, I've just recently thought, you know, exactly what you've said. I really need to get much more intentional, much more structured about capturing that stuff because I, I am quite good at remembering things. But, you know, a story out of one book you know three years ago or whatever and it's not really and i also people listening to the podcast will know i'm the person who goes oh there's that quote about you know and i give like the broad <laughs> the broad thought here. but not the actual quote because i can never remember any of it <laughs> i've definitely been there i, I feel you there <laughs> so one of my highlights yesterday was a blue highlight means it's an actual quote with a person's name and I just couldn't you know, refer back to it so it's quite funny so uh, yeah lovely so, so tell us more about as I said we we're talking about learning improving yourself we talked about personal development tell us more about how you're helping your sports leaders your um, athletes to develop their own learning and, and leadership yeah, certainly. So we have uh, our kind of like our starting point is the six tenets of leadership that we have, which is a really good framework uh, that we as you know, as we do the one on ones and we spend a couple weeks together, we can always go. We can always go back to and reflect on as they're coming through different situations that they're struggling or having issues with within their teams. And so um, real quickly, the and these are all these are six tenets that I've I've come across throughout my my time working with these athletes that they're just kind of completely missing the ball on, um, at least somewhere within these six tennis. So the first one is, is that everything rises and falls on leadership. It's a John Maxwell quote that I think is the perfect cornerstone uh, for these athletes to understand, you know, how important their role is and, um, <clears throat> and getting them to take ownership of the situations that they find themselves in. Cause a lot of times they, they find excuses or they try to, you know, they kind of try to weasel their way out. Um, but if we take this approach of extreme ownership, then we're far more likely to problem solve and, and make things happen than if we didn't. So I think that's something, uh, you know, that's our, our tenant. Number one is something that a lot of athletes I feel like is benefited from tenant. Number two is where we actually define it. So we talk about how leadership is influenced. And so, like I mentioned before, how many athletes, they see leadership in a different light and their coaching staff never really gets them on the same page. And so when, you know, they think that leadership is, is one thing that uh, maybe it's them yelling at their, their teammate for making a bad play. Um, and their coach, you know, the coach is on a completely different page. So our tenant number two just talks about how leadership is influenced and it gets them to really realign and rethink about the actions they're taking as a leader on their team. So that it's it's not just you know 
being in front, giving the, the pregame speeches or anything else like that, but it's behind the scenes. It's, it's the crucial conversations that occur to get somebody to, from not being bought in to bought in. Um, so something like that. Uh, tenant number three is this idea of self-expression, um, which is uh, something from Warren Bennis, where he says that uh, the, the essence of leadership is self-expression. So that's the idea of understanding who we are, what we want to do, what we want to accomplish, how to get there, our strengths and our weaknesses, just getting this full understanding of who we are. And then secondly, to be able to express that in a way that actually connects is a really difficult skill. And so, um, you know, so we, we, I won't get that. There's a lot that's packed in there, but I won't get into it too much. And then uh, tenant four is just the fact that leadership is a choice. A lot of athletes think that, um, that this is just something that people are born with or not. And, um, and I think that the approach that this is a skill set that can be developed is going to take you a lot farther than if you think that you either have it or you don't. Because leadership yeah. are their actions, it's certain actions that you do and you take habitually and consistently that over time is going to you know, put you in a position and, and really be the building blocks you need to all of a sudden, you know, two or three years down the line, you look back and you see how far you've grown because of the fact that you've chosen to lead on a consistent basis. Yes. Um, Yep. And tenant number five, just understanding that leadership is a service. And so 50-50, a lot of the athletes that I work with, they they raise their hand to le help lead their teams because they just want it to be on their resume. Um, you know, something similar to that. So just getting them to realize that being in a leadership position means doing extra. And so it means, you know, carrying the water cooler. It means, you know, staying after practice. It's this idea and concept that if we're going to lead, we have to serve and that you're always at the bottom there. Your team comes first and then your teammates and then you. And then finally, the last tenet is just the fact that leadership is an art. You know, this term leadership has been a real buzzword in this, you know, in over the last 50 years, it's probably been the most written on topic. And so <laughs> there's a lot of people that have a lot of different opinions about what leadership is and a lot of different theories. But at the end of the day, you know, it's really an art and uh, requires a lot of wisdom. And uh, you just need to make sure that, um, you don't become somebody who you're not, you know, you kind of have this uniqueness to you that you need to leverage. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, so th those are the things that we usually go for. And then we have like different levels that um, we have level one, level two, level three, where we go through and talk with them, anything from and anything, you know, uh, mental skills and uh, managing emotions to how to communicate and connect to skill acquisition, to, uh, heuristics and biases and decision making and strategies. So we have this whole tier of of levels that when we do the one on one services and the leadership academies, we kind of work and walk them through. Mm. And what I really love about that as a, an employee engagement specialist is that those people, as you say, that end up with captain on their CV with everything you're going through with them, it really isn't just something that's on their CV. It is actually, you know, a a skill that, that, that they're developing and able to, to develop which hopefully then feeds into the whole workplace because there's you know there's yeah. so many people in leadership positions in organizations who haven't had any development who think it's just you know a badge to get more money <laughs> and don't yeah. believe it's about you know serving and and it's an art and all those other things yeah absolutely this is a skill set that will again i just feel strongly about it. it's going to set them up for the rest of their life you know you're developing yeah. future uh, fathers, mothers, husbands, wives, and then, yeah, absolutely, with middle managers, um, executive directors, CEOs, all of that 
is, um, you know, when skill sets are developed through experiences in sports is this great experience that know that there's very little other things or many other things that athletes, young men, young women are more engaged in and care more about than, you know, playing sports. And so I just really feel strongly that if we leverage that and you have a coach that can be there to kind of get you to reflect and to present some different models and allow you to think differently and have you question, you know, some of your actions and different things can really be an experience that, you know, promotes a growth that continues to occur that separates you from those that don't take this seriously. So. Mm-hmm. And who, who buys, buys you it? Is that good English? Who buys you in? That sound <laughs> right. but I think that is right, but it doesn't sound right. You know, is it, yeah. is it the, 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 the coaches, the, 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 the colleges and so on, or is it the, yeah, or is it the parents or is it both? Yeah, so obviously the athletes don't pay. Um, they they don't have a job. So <laughs> yeah, so it's usually the parents, and so that's where I've been really having an, uh, an issue with is you know getting them, the parents, to understand like why this is important. Not just because they care about the really they're really I know that they care about their child and you know their future, but they really want them. They spend a lot of money on you know can they hit a ball farther or how how hard can they throw a ball. Um, so I've had a hard time really communicating to parents the importance of this but yes to answer your question the the parents pay for the one-on-one services and then the the leadership academies are something that the athletic directors purchase for their universities or college schools and uh, we're also we're in the process right now which we're really excited about because we're in a uh, in an incubator and we're actually developing a technology platform to help scale this to reach more athletes in a way that's never been done before. So we're super excited about that too. And for that, the athletes will be able to pay like a small subscription, like four or $5 a month to, to have a customized uh, like action plan that utilizes yeah. like machine learning and artificial intelligence and some really different cool things. So that's something that's in the works as well. That sounds really exciting. I, I guess the, the other thing is, is that recognition that, that, everyone's a leader in some shape or form yeah i suppose to widen your market you don't just want the the team captain team captain and the deputies or the aspiring you you want everyone (laughs) and actually everyone needs leadership skills don't they yeah absolutely so it's funny some of the research says that regardless if you think you're a leader or not you are and if we define leadership as influence everybody sorry research points to the fact that each individual in a in a single day tries to influence at least four to five people. So, mm-hmm. you know, with leadership being influenced, everybody is trying to, you know, first, everybody has to be able to influence themselves. They have to be able to lead themselves. So all of these, uh, you know, the stuff that we're doing for team captains is for anybody in sports. Um, you know, the idea that, you know, to be able to influence ourselves more effectively, you know, with understanding how to be more mentally resilient understanding how to learn, you know, faster and quicker or um, having the right character, increasing wisdom, all of these different things are something that each athlete can benefit from. And mm-hmm. those that do that best then can move into being able to then potentially influencing others. Yeah. Um, I agree. I'm glad you picked up on that because a lot of people think that it's just for the team captains that, uh, which is the service that we provide, but it's not just for the team captains. It's for athletes that want to be better leaders. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're just coming to the to the end of the, the interview. I'm really interested to know what you do on those days where things go wrong, when you don't have such a good day and when when all your structured 
<laughs> Google form planning <laughs> doesn't work so well. <laughs> How do you deal yeah. with that? <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, starting a business has been a total roller coaster. So unfortunately, most days they don't go right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've yeah, ruined my, my view of it now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so it's been yes, it's crazy too because I've been pretty successful for the most part, but starting a business, you know, there's a lot of failure that's involved, and so I really go back to a lot of things that I talk with my athletes with, and really quickly, there's there's three types of goals that I usually teach: there's outcome, process, and performance, and so I'm sure that you and your 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 audience has probably heard of what the process is, but the process is the things. Uh, it's it's the present moment. It's the things that you can control and just focusing in on those. If you start trying to think about, you know, the future or you start thinking on the past, it really just starts to create some anxiety, which and which doesn't help anything at all, because the only thing that you can affect is right here, the present moment and then trying to influence what that future looks like. So for thing when 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 they usually do, when things don't you know go right appropriately or if I have failed or didn't get you know a sale or whatever it might have been, it's just. It's staying consistent, taking ownership for the fact that, you know, it's not the other person's fault that they didn't buy or, you know, something went wrong. It's, it's on me. So I got to have to reflect, figure out, you know, how I can maybe better communicate or better influence that situation in the future. Uh, do that reflection process quickly, you know, through a journaling and then um, and then just put that and include that into you know my, my process and then just keep putting my head down and and moving forward with the other things that you know need to be accomplished for that day. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that would be my answer. Yeah, I think it's interesting that that thing about you can't change what's happened and you can't do something about the future. You can only do the now is is so important in terms of, you know, getting overwhelmed or, you know, just worrying about things. I mean, I, I think I said um, before we started, I don't think I've said it particularly on the the podcast. I've been away for a few days and I've got a lot that's sort of backed up and that's fine because I had some time to do you know less stuff and it was it was a good thing to do so don't do that often but I have felt a few moments of overwhelm today but I have to, had to do exactly what you've just said where I've thought hang on a minute <laughs> everything's fine <laughs> let's yeah. think what's the thing you need to do right now forget the rest of it what do you need to do right now you know get on the interview with Ben <laughs> because he's gonna be waiting for you otherwise <laughs> and that's fine so at the moment it's all very calm because I'm not worrying about the fact that I'm not doing other things at the moment because this is the important thing and then you know when we finished I'll go and do something else and that will be the yeah. most important thing at the time and I think that's such a key uh, skill and 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 um uh thing to know that's really you know not very sophisticated way of describing it but if you can crack that I think that really helps doesn't it to avoid that overwhelm yeah. and get through yeah. those moments yeah and just to kind of put it back to the in athletics you know with when we're focused fully on the outcome, you know, a lot of things can go wrong. I think it's good to have a goal and a vision for what you want. But for instance, when I work with an athlete and he says that they want to win a national championship, it's like, okay, well, there's so many things that are outside of your control, which you might be able to influence some of them, but you can't directly control it. So we have to bring it back and put our focus hundred percent in on your process and what that looks like. Um, mm -hmm. Because the process is what drives the results. And if you can have a better process than everybody else, and you focus in 100% on that, then you're going to be good to go. Because a lot of people will put 40% of their focus on the process or the present moment, and then 40% on the future and 20% on the past. So you're losing 60% focus there because that's not helping you at all for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, just just some thoughts on that. So yeah, we're big fans of the process and and then trying to incorporate 
you know, and then we have a whole session that we really focus in on what is your process? How are you pro providing, you know, uh, how are you being strategical about that? Are you incorporating competitive advantages? You know, all these different things that are pretty cool. But I know that's mm -hmm. all kind of off topic here, maybe a little bit from your initial question, but. Mm -hmm. To make him laugh, I, uh, I sent a message to, to little Dudzi earlier. She's been at a netball tournament today, and I said, how did you get on? She said, became third in our pool. And then I didn't know what to say because I didn't know if that was good, bad, or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I replied and said, how do you feel? So she replied, good. Why? Obviously thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, didn't know if it was a good result or not. How many were there in your pool? And then she basically you know, was saying there were seven. It was fine. I was like, did you play well? She's like... You know, last time we only won one. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's really good then. Yeah, and then she said, oh, we had our hardest match first, which didn't help. So she, you know, has analysed already and positioned and all that sort of stuff, which, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's probably a good start. But, yeah, it did crack me up when she's like, you know, good, why? Why are you asking me? It's like, well, I don't know what to say, do I? You might, you might be traumatised for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so last question. Yeah. Uh, what about those days where you – uh, you know that you've lived more and that's how what I describe as being days where you get to do the things that you want to do and not the things that you feel you should do or you have to do what does that day look like well things I'll give you things <laughs> this is a great question um, uh, so in the morning I, I would have done uh, taken break dancing classes and then played seven on seven flag football then played a pickup basketball game uh, played a board game like chess or risk uh, and then played hide and seek with my 10 month old. <laughs> Maybe watch a TV show. Uh, you know, I would, that would be like a great day for me, but um, in more seriousness, I think that for me, creating something new is big. Um, something that helps uh, solve other people's pain points and improves other people's lives. Um, and then me personally improving in some way and then definitely playing some sort of a competitive sport would be like, mm -hmm how it would be a great day where I've definitely lived more if I can do those four things. Lovely. And just, just to be clear, you're the first person who's ever said break dancing. <laughs> and I'm no good, but uh, for whatever reason, that's been something I've really tried to figure out how you like spin on your back and do those whole tricks. So <laughs> I, I'm no dancer, but I just, I just really want to do that one day. So that's what I, I have an image now. I have an image. Yeah. And Thing is um hide and seek with your 10 month old is going to get much more athletic i can't imagine that he's actually running away and hiding very much at the moment it'll be yeah, just behind funny. the hands won't it yeah he just like he'll crawl and then like i'll run away from him and then he'll come chase after me after i'm crawling and then i'll i'll, I'll you know peek around the corner and then he runs away from me so it's it's yeah. not so much running but the crawling is is definitely yeah. So he's just he's just coaching you gradually. He's just get, letting you get your your sort of um, energy levels and and your skill up. And that's you know, right. another two or three years time, <laughs> you'll stand no chance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Lovely, Ben. It's been great interviewing you. Please um tell our audience where they can or how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun. Um, so www.captainscoach.com is our website. At uh, captainscoaches Twitter. And then I'm on LinkedIn, Ben Smith, and love to, if anybody has any questions or wants to get in contact, that's probably the three best ways to do so. Yeah, lovely. Thanks, thanks again. It's been really good. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated, and frustrated with running a home-based coaching or consulting business? 
Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, Stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.